Welcome to today's show, everyone. We're going to have a good one today. We're going to go over, if you could only teach your dog one thing, what would it be? I'm actually going to give you three things in case your life is slightly different from what I would do. But before I jump into that, I want to welcome to the show. I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time, whatever you're doing, whether you're doing the dishes and you're listening to the podcast, you're driving, whether you're dissecting mice in a lab, you know who you are. <laughs> whatever you're doing while listening to this podcast, I want to personally thank you. You guys are why I do this. Getting the wonderful stories of how just the podcast or just my YouTube videos or just my social media content has changed your life and helped you makes me feel really, really good. And it shows that I'm doing the right thing and I'm, I'm getting good information out there because there's so much bad information. If this is great for you, if you love getting this information, but you want more of a guiding hand through the process, you're struggling, training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. Go to that link. It's going to be in the description. Go to that link and schedule a discovery call with me. You get about a half hour to ask me any questions that you want. And then if it's the right fit for you, we can start doing actual coaching where we'll spend six weeks together, one-on-one, -on -one, figuring out exactly what we need to do, following the system that I've done with thousands of dogs, thousands of dogs, to get reliable and fast results so that you guys can get back on track, enjoy your life with your dog, and not worry about any of the stress that comes with having a dog. Chewing up furniture, breaking out of crates, running around free when they break the leash, all of those things we can mitigate and get rid of through the six-week coaching. So that's training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. Okay, so today we're talking about what if you could only teach your dog one thing? You can only teach your dog one thing, what would it be? I know what it would be for me. I want you to think about it for a second. If you only had, let's say, two weeks, and this was a challenge, you had to teach your dog one thing. Really, this is the first thing you should teach your dog, in my opinion. It's not eye contact. It's not really any obedience skill. It's not sit. It's not down. What would it be? Hey, guys. I just want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor. Sponsor for today's episode is Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. First of all, it's free. And there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. That's where this podcast was made, and maybe that'll be where your podcast will be made. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. For me... Because of how important I think this skill is, it would be recall. Now, those of you who have trained with me, you know my process of recall, whether you've taken the recall course or you've worked with me personally. I don't teach recall in the conventional way that most people do. I teach recall as a self-redirection first, getting the dog to choose to come to me nine times out of 10, if not 10 out of 10. And then I start to add the word to it and then I start to add in more challenges, more variables like distance, duration, and distractions. And then I pair in these reward schedules that make it insanely strong. So when I call my dog's name, they don't know if they're going to get a treat, but they still respond every single time I call them. So why would I teach a recall? Why would I go through that process? It's very, very simple. It's a simple skill that I can call on anytime I need my dog to stop doing something, to re-engage with me, or 
if there's an emergency and I need them next to me and not far away. Yes, does this have a downfall? Absolutely. I can't stop my dog where they are. And that's really the only downfall that I've had. If I only taught a dog a recall and I go out for a walk, I'm enjoying my nice peaceful stroll. And let's say my dog is off leash because they have a really solid recall. So we can, we can rely on them off leash. And we're walking around, we're having a grand old time. And something distracts them because they're a dog and they're unpredictable. Something distracts them, they run away. I can recall them back. Perfect. The only problem is if they get across a street, now I can't necessarily recall them back safely. I either have to go across the street or I have to time it perfectly to where I could recall my dog through traffic to me. If I had a really solid recall and that was the only thing I worked on, I think you'd be able to time it right or at least trust your dog that when you got to the other side of the street, you could then recall them. That's the only downfall I see with teaching a recall. But think about it. If your dog's resource guarding, this is exactly how I fix resource guarding. I'm going to recall my dog away from the object. And because they love recalling, they give up whatever was there to come get a treat from me. And it's not tricking them. I'm not trying to pull a fast one on them. I'm simply recalling them away. They get their treat. They can go back to the object. But most of the time when you do this, the dog gives up the object because that's not important anymore. What's important is coming to me. I become the, the center of this dog's universe. I've done it with German Shepherds. I've done it with aggressive labs that ended up just swallowing objects because it didn't want to fight anymore. It kept losing the fight. So it said, I'm going to swallow this object. So we just recalled it away from the object. Yeah, sometimes brought the object to us, but because we had treats, it would drop the object and then take the treats. And at no point did we try to steal the object. So now I have a way to stop a dog from resource guarding by using a recall. Well, what if my dog's chewing up on something? Eh, you could recall. What if my dog's jumping up on somebody? You can recall. All of these things can be solved with a simple recall as long as it's a solid recall. That's one of the only things I would teach if I could only teach one skill. If someone said, oh, I'm not really into the training thing, I just want a well-behaved dog. Teach a recall. But you will constantly have to be keeping your eye on your dog. You can't let them be to their own devices, right? So, okay, let's say, let's say you didn't want to teach a recall. You're like, all right, I could teach my dog a recall, but is there anything else? Maybe my lifestyle doesn't call for a recall. I would teach your dog either a crate, a place, or a settle. I'm going to put those all together because they're kind of the same thing. My dog, Tommy, let's say, he gets pretty excited, especially with my two-year-old and my cat running around and he, he gets all excited. So what do we tell him to do when he gets all excited? We say, go lay down. Go lay down. We could have said go in the crate. We just don't use the crate for him. So we say, go lay down. He goes and he lays down. He settles and he relaxes. He goes to take a nap. Things get exciting again. He jumps up again. We just say, go lay down. Right? People come over. He's overly excited. Go lay down. Teaching that one skill has been used thousands of times, probably in this last month. We've used it thousands of times. Go lay down. And it's not a punishment. It's not go to your crate. Go lay down. It's go lay down. Oh, okay. You know? It's like telling a kid, hey, why don't you go sit at the dining room table to do your homework? Hey, why don't you go sit and play video games? It's not go to your room. You're terrible. Why did you do this? No. Hey, go lay down. Go sit down. I'll be right there. Right? If we want him to get out of our way, because let's say we're carrying a basket of laundry, and I've done this several times, instead of having him trip me up, because he's like, ah, what are you doing with a basket of laundry? I'll say, go lay down. He goes, and then I have a clear path to wherever I need to go to. So it's very structured. The fact that I can always tell him to do something. 
It becomes very automatic. Oh, dad said, go lay down. I'm going to go lay down. So how, how would you teach this? Same way you would teach place. You could guide your dog onto the placemat with a treat, or you could shape the behavior. And then over time, you add in the word, you work on the distance, you work on the duration, you work on the distractions. Then you add in the reward schedule of sometimes they get rewarded, sometimes they don't. You go through the three processes, continuous, intermittent, and variable. And then you have a dog that anytime you say go lay down, they just go boom. They go lay down right on their mat. Now for Tommy, what we did was we changed up what the mat was. So maybe it was a towel. Maybe it was a small little you know, yoga mat cut out. Maybe it was a wash towel, a paper towel, a, a mat. Anything that we pointed to and said go lay down, he would just assume that's what he was supposed to go do. We did it so often to the point where we could just say go lay down and he'll go lay down in a corner. There doesn't even need to be anything there. Because we phased out the prompt. The prompt in that case was the mat or the place. You can do the exact same thing with the kennel. If your dog has a predisposition to the kennel and doesn't like the kennel already, now you're going against that. So you're, you're going to take some time to, to fix that. Build a positive association first, then teach them how to go in, work on adding in the name, their motivation around it, distance, duration, distraction, and the reward schedules. It's the same process every single time. But let's say those two, even though I think they are perfect to teach your dog, absolutely perfect, <laughs> right? Oh, well, I don't want to teach my dog recall. I don't want to teach them to settle and go lay down. What else could you teach your dog? Well, you could teach your dog loose leash walking, but that doesn't help you in many scenarios. You could teach your dog eye contact. And although that will help you in some scenarios when they get distracted, it's not going to help you if they're doing something bad. It's just not. So I stick by my recall and settling. But again, that recall had a problem of not being able to stop your dog. So I would say if you didn't want to teach those two for whatever reason, I would teach a really good down. A really good down. I mean, your dog is sprinting full speed at something and you say down and they stop right where they are. Why would I teach it down? One, for that example, they're chasing after something. I say down, they lay down. Two, if they get across the street, in my recall example from earlier, if they got across the street, I can tell them down, boom, they plot right there. Now I can walk across the street, put the leash on them, and we can go about our business. If they're chewing up on something, I can tell them to go down. And because they're in a down, they shouldn't be able to do anything else. They shouldn't down and then lunge towards the object, right? They shouldn't care about anything else in the environment besides downing. You could also throw in a slight recall there. Right, they down, and you go, yay, good job. And then you get them to come towards you with a treat. Or you could have them down and slowly get the object away, however that may be. So the down is pretty versatile. Let's see, is there any is there any downsides to the down? If they're guarding something, it does become slightly difficult, right? Because now they're even more hunkered down into the object. That could be a problem. <clears throat> you said go lay down they might take the object so i think a recall would be best there if your dog is reactive to people and you tell them down they'll down and then they can say hi which is actually pretty good so they'll start seeing people as the cue to down oh i saw a person i'm gonna down boom they lay down great now the person can walk up nice and calm now the dog jumps up and says hi that would be fine dog with separation anxiety Down's not really going to help them there. A recall might, depending on the exercises that you do. 
But a down, unless you're working on distance, right? You put them in a down, and then you walk away, go behind a door, go outside the house, and then come back, and they're still in a good down. That would help, actually. So a down is actually pretty good. So that's my recommendation. You should either do a recall, go lay down, go settle, go relax, or a down. If you're not sure what you should be teaching your dog this week, let's say you, you've hit every other milestone, you're like, ah, you know, they're doing really good. I would teach those three things. Teach one this week, one next week, and one the week after. Focus on those things, really get them solid. Right? Make a training plan. If you haven't got the dog training planner from matadorcanine.com, you should. It goes over exactly what you should be doing in every training session and make sure you stays on track. I built that because I couldn't find a dog training notebook that was designed specifically for dog trainers who want to have a structured, systematic way of taking notes. So go go get that from matadorcanine.com. It's called the Dog Planner. But you gotta you gotta be thinking about these things more than just an obedience skill. Don't think about recalls. Oh, I'm just recalling my dog over. What can I use a recall for? So many things. You could use a recall to play and build up motivation. You can use a down to play and build up motivation. You could use a recall when they're aggressive about something. You can use a recall when they're distracted by something. Of course, make sure they're successful. Don't recall them all the time and not reward them and not put them in a situation where they can be successful. If they're not going to recall, don't recall. Super simple. That's a, that's a good rule of thumb. If your dog isn't going to do it, don't ask them to do it. Save your words. Your words are valuable. Your time is valuable. Your resources are valuable. Save them and only give them out when you know it's going to work, when it's going to be a benefit to you. Thank you guys for tuning in today. If you have questions about any of the things I talk about on this podcast, head it over to any social media platform. Just put it in the comments. Ask away. If you are interested and you should be interested in bettering your relationship with your dog, and you want me to guide you through that process, head over to training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. We're going to go six weeks, you and me, 30-minute Zoom lessons once a week, plus additional coursework to make sure you stay on track. It's an absolutely wonderful system so you guys can get back to where you want to get to. You can have the success you want to have without the stress, without the punishment, without the angst, and you can start enjoying your walks again. You can start enjoying hanging out with your dog and your friends. The weather's getting nice, so do this now before it's the end of summer. I have about 15 spots left for the six-week coaching. I will be closing it relatively soon. We'll see. If you are interested, sign up now. Go over to training.matadorcanine.com slash six-week coaching. I'll see you guys there. Thank you for listening in, and I'll talk to you soon.